Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 553. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out February 21st, 2024. Yes. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And to celebrate National Hero Week, uh, today we're going to be picking who would be on our personal superhero Mount Rushmore. Something that, favorite, John, something that gave John superheroes. a fair amount of anxiety for some reason. Well, I didn't know if it was like who we thought we'd are like the most influential like superheroes to go on it. If it's just our favorite superheroes it's to go on it. It's your personal one. You can pick. It's however you want it to be. You can, you can pick all four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles if you want. Hey, that's what I'm doing. Spoilers for the main topic, everybody. Oh, it's going to be such a short cop one. out. <laughs> Uh, I always go for the cop out. You know what else I always do? You grab a beer. I grab my beer. Uh, I'm drinking a sour, and from what I understand, John might be drinking a sour too if he's done wistfully looking into the future. There, <laughs> if he's just like staring off at, like into the light for some reason. I was staring at my bookcase and looking at all my comic book related things to really. I'm shooting from the hip on this one. Oh, for this main topic, I'm, I'm, I'm hip you shot. are asking so many probing questions about the main topic. I, it, it feels like you put a lot of thought into it. I did, but I didn't. Hmm. But I am excited about my next beer or my first beer. It could be your next one. We don't know what you did in your free time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my beer store just started carrying beer tree brews. Um, these guys are out Johnson City, New York. So kind of down towards the border. Um, and they make some very good beer. I've had a, Paul, I think we've both had a couple on the show. I think super friend of the show, Ed gave us some beers okay. a while ago. I was still in the old house, uh, but they make very good beers and I'm having their fruited sour 7.3%. And this is their trippy tree with tangerine and vanilla. And this tastes like a tangerine creamsicle, uh, Really good. Um, super smooth. Um, you would not know that you were drinking a 7.3% beer because it drinks just kind of like tart juice. Hmm. Uh, I'm also drinking some that's a little bit higher ABV. Uh, and coming from, they don't have their name anywhere that's easy to find, uh, Creative Creature Brewing in collaboration with South Norte Beer Company. This is Hecto Cooler. And this is an orange tangerine imperial sour at 8% ABV. And it has like a facsimile of Slimer on the can. The Hecto Cooler also is a giant H and giant C. So it's mm. definitely invoking that high C look. And the sour itself is like this really cool green slimy color. And this is orange tangerine. And then it's also brewed with uh, green spirulina algae to give it that color. And I'm surprised that this is 8% because it does drink very easy. And it does have that orange, that tangerine kind of citrus to it. But it's not as, like, sweet and juicy as I was expecting it to be. Um, especially for something that looks almost like a smoothie sour, which is kind of what I was expecting it to more be. Uh, especially as soon as I started to pour it. I was like, oh, look at that color. Like, it had that viscosity to it. Um, it's not great. It's not terrible. 
I would have liked a little bit more sweetness too. Like if it had been brewed with marshmallow as well, maybe in addition to the orange and the tangerine, just to give it a little bit more of like a, a pop, but it's not bad. I mean, we've been talking for, I think like 20 minutes before we actually started recording and I, I drank about half of it. I'm okay with that. Paul, you are not drinking a sour. I though. don't have a sour guys. I uh, went to a newer opened up uh, last May, uh, this brewery down in Orchard park, right? Yes. Uh, home of the Bills. Uh, go this Bills. Is, go Bills. Uh, this is Wayland uh, Workshop Series. They're Jennings, and this is their Hoppy Ale. This is their Hazy Pale Ale, and this clocks in at 5.5% alcohol by volume. And this packs a wallop of a punch-up flavor, that kind of resiny, you know, old-school uh, pale kind of almost I. It's like if you told me this was an IPA, I think it was an IPA. That's that's a, a, the amount of flavor I am getting on it. It doesn't have that lingering resiny mouthfeel like um, that, you know, old school IPAs had. But it still delivers quite a nice flavor to it. I wouldn't say it's citrusy, though. It's more piney. <laughs> but I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I don't know what a workshop series is, but I hope it means that it's going to be on the menu. For a while, not just like, oh, yeah, we did it and we're done. Well, how often do you go there, Paul? Not often enough. That's why I want it on the menu. So the next time I go four months from now, half a year from now, uh, it'll it'll be there again. Uh, It does look like a cool place. So when I come up to Buffalo, it's a place I definitely want to check out because the pictures and like video I see of it, it does look really cool. But it's definitely going to be a place that if I play uh, Chestnut Ridge. You know, after some disc golfing, that seems like a a really good place to go hit up. Hmm. I think that's I think that's going to be my move. Yeah. Well, why don't we move into hitting up the weekend geek? Oh well, yeah, that's. Sorry, I was starting to segue and then I had a hiccup, so there was there's a little bit of a delay. That wasn't for dramatic effect. That was literally just my body having a reaction to pounding the rest of that uh, sour. You know what? It seems like Marvel Studios had a bit of a, direct, a uh, reaction and had a bit of a delay. But we finally got it. The announcement of the Fantastic Four movie is official. Like, did they ever actually officially announce that they were doing this movie? It was uh, a few years probably, ago, yes. right? Yes. And then, but now we actually have a cast. Yes, and the cast is everybody that we've talked about previously as being heavily rumored to play these roles, which is uh, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. I don't think we talked too much about Eben Moss Backrack um, for the thing. I don't even know if there was any, like, thing rumors. Um, He was rumored for, like, just... I think he was talked about when they announced when they were talking about um uh doctor who that wears the bow tie what's his name mm. um he matt was smith. rumored matt smith was rumored to be reed richards gotcha uh but who is reed richards is going to be uh pedro pascal i've only seen him in the pedro pascal in the mandalorian i think because you didn't I see wonder seen, woman 84 i did not see wonder woman 84 didn't see the last of us no. You see that one random episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where he plays another <laughs> guy that goes to uh, the college with her? No, I did not see that one. 
Uh, you didn't see the one where he plays a, uh, a crime lord who hires Nicholas oh, yeah. Cage to come to come uh, no, no uh, to oh, come no. to come be Nicholas Cage at his birthday party. The massive weight of uh, enormous talent. Yes. No, nah, which is which is really good. So no, I. I'm, oh, he, Game of Thrones. Yeah, he played uh, the Sand Viper. Yeah. Forget, forget his name. Pedro I'm, Pascal. Yes. Yeah. That's his name. He was in uh, The Equalizer 2. Paul, it's one of your favorite movies. We had Denzel Washington. I mean, I, no, he every time you talk about him. He didn't play him, Denzel. He played Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every time I, uh, we talk about movies, you're always like, it's no Equalizer 2. So I know yeah. that one's definitely That's, something you watch. Uh, he's the he's the bad guy in that, Paul. Oh, jeez. See, uh, you know, I, I, he's not giving me Mr. Fantastic Vibes. Uh it, According to this, he was also in the 2011 Wonder Woman pilot that was never aired. You know, there's that. He's in the Adjustment Bureau, Paul. Oh. Burn Notice? I mean, I know that's also one of your favorite shows. Hey, you know, that's I mean, why I eat so much yogurt. We, often when we're out, people start trying to talk about TV shows, and you're like, it's not Burn Notice, I haven't watched it, guys. <laughs> yeah, much. And we're like, Paul, you made us watch like so much stuff, and you're like, never saw any of it. All that time, burning through burn notices, baby. Yep. Give me a yogurt. Because you really can't get anywhere until you figure out who's burned you. You know, that's that's what I've always said in life. Um, I I agree with you, Paul, that I don't see Mr. Fantastic in him. Right. But I've only I'm interested. Yeah, I got a very small sample size. He plays a good heavy. He plays a good. Well, sometimes that's just makeup. Character. John. He, he uh, doesn't actually. But I mean, he plays a really good tough guy. I I need somebody who can deliver like mm, this atom is going to explode and I've built this blah 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 to stop the world neuralizer. And, and Ian Griffoud kind of character is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 What's he up to? Um, but yeah, like I like I like him when he was cast as um in uh, Last of Us. I was like, oh, that's great! I can't wait to see him play Joel. Mm-hmm. This I'm like, I'm gonna be interested to see how they do this. I like him enough from everything else that we talked about. You know, Burn Notice, Equalizer Two. Um, to say <laughs> <laughs> to say that. Even if it is a different take on the character, I still want to see how he portrays it. Um, I really enjoyed Eddie in Stranger Things. I'm literally wearing a Stranger Things hat right now. This was not planned. It's just the hat that I grabbed today when I was uh, getting ready for work. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything else, though. So I do look uh, forward to see Joseph Quinn, too. And I don't yeah. know Vanessa Kerr because I've never seen. Uh, you saw that Dead, Dead Rock. I did not. It's on Paramount right now. With all you know the other movies. You know who doesn't have Paramount? Anybody. I'm not. I could have sworn that John said you were watching it, and uh, I thought you said you were watching it too. Oh, my goodness. Was this uh, a weird dream no, fantasy that I had? It, that you, yeah, you were like, both of my weird. friends are watching my favorite movie. And then after that, they're going to watch Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> Equalizer Party. 
Uh, I'm watching Dead Reckoning, great action movie. That's what John said back uh, February 4th at 7.10 p.m. Okay. Then what did Chris say? Uh, yes, uh, I said, uh, oh, okay, I said, wait. Paul said, second. I'm watching it, too. <laughs> I said, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Yes, the Mission Impossible. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, Chris, he said nothing about it. So, sorry. Sorry, listeners. And you know what I'm sorry about? <laughs> I can't segue that. Um, we also got the trailer for X-Men 97, the revival of the 1990s X-Men cartoon from Fox Kids. Updated for today, but still taking place a year after the season series finale of the original X-Men show. What's your guys' take on this? Uh, I was upset that it didn't start, w- that they did this weird, like, like, VHS tape kind of like intro and not just giving me don't don't previously on X-Men, you know, I think they'll have that in the actual episode yeah, because that's, that's how I wanted that to start. Especially uh, also, if they were going to do the previously on bit. You also got the coolest scene ever of Gambit jumping on Wolverine's back <laughs> and lighten up his claws. <laughs> like what? But you want that explode him? No, it's indestructible. So I guess it works. Wait, but it could still do damage to him. Yeah. So, or would it be his whole skeleton? Yeah. I'm assuming Mm it would be a whole skeleton, because it's not like Gambit does, like, a portion of something. Like, he charges up the whole energy of it. Um, I'm on the fence about this. I loved the X-Men cartoon as a kid, but it, a lot of that is nostalgia, because I think if I went back and tried to watch it, I'd be like, eh, this isn't like a Batman the Animated Series that can hold up, like, 30 years later so I, I don't i really don't know i'll check it out but i'm i'm going in with low hopes i do like how they are straight up playing it like 1997 x-men because when they're all talking to magneto in the uh the professor's office about the will like everybody's wearing like crop t-shirts and, like spandex so i think that's kind of fun but as a whole i, I don't know it might it might not be for me anymore listeners what do you, what are the top episodes that we should watch and to uh to prepare for it? That's what I want. Mm. Oh, John, the oh, first one with Jubilee. Mm. That's it. That's the that's the best episode. I'm looking forward to it. I've 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 gone back because they are up on streaming places and Dis, or Disney Plus has them. Like I've watched a good amount of those X Men cartoons with my son. <laughs> Um, and some of the other newer ones, and they're all still pretty fun. Like if you're like a comic book X Men fan, like they're there. You know, like they're there. They're fun to watch. And even like um, one of the series where X Men or uh, Wolverine is the leader, and like Cyclops is like Cyclops is the moody one, and yeah, he's, he's wearing not the, the trench coat. coat. Like that, that one is that one see, is still kind of fun. That one I think was done better. I think that one had a little bit more like a like animated flair to it. I, I'm, not, I'm just thinking back to the X Men cartoon. Like visually, it reminds me a lot of the '90s Spider Man cartoon too, which also didn't look great. Mm-hmm. It looked worse. Yeah. Because I but, would I I would notice that it looked worse when one of the characters would show up on the and I'm like. Oh, they look bad. I'm like, well, wait, the, is the animation just bad on this show? 
That was then, also when they were like starting to integrate like the CG into stuff, and it was obviously glaringly like, oh, this is pretty janky three polygon computer animated stuff they're throwing on there. Well, they would only do uh, vehicles and uh, even the Justice it's, League cartoon. They only did like they would do CGI, and it would just be the vehicles, vehicles in the buildings when he was swinging through. Yeah, not great. Not great. And that um, uh, in other news is we got a teaser, some teaser pictures, movie poster and a a trailer to expect the trailer. <laughs> the teaser trailer trailer for the trailer uh, tomorrow for, for, for Borderlands. Sorry, like I forgot to say that, um, which is up there is one of my favorite uh, video game series. Um, I've I've played almost all of them. Um and and loved them and I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to this movie. Hopefully it does uh the world and the characters uh justice. Yeah, um this is the first we've seen of any of the actual characters in their their live action because we had some kind of like sneak peek silhouette like yeah. pics. Not I don't even want to say like posters, but just literally like Teaser images like a year ago uh, and nothing since then. And I don't know, John, like this is the game that I think made you really start to like uh, RPGs. I mean, I know Diablo you're into and like Skyrim you're into too, but this is also like very RPG based. And this is also the game that kind of got me more into shooters because I was never a first person shooter guy. And it's like the perfect marrying of both of those like gameplay styles uh, and right right there with you, like, Borderlands is one of my all-time favorite video game franchises. Like, if we ever and whenever we do sit down to do, like, our top ten, like, video games or however we wind up doing it, like, Borderlands is going to be up there for me because it's a game that I can sit down, lose myself in, and just go for hours with. Even the uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland spinoff game. I don't even know how many hours I sank into that. Loved absolutely every minute of it, though. And like, supposedly that's gonna be getting a sequel, and I'm I'm there for it. I'm down. Like, I think I, it, isn't it? I love these. There's a oh, there's a definitive edition, and I think the second one is coming out, or it already it just came out. Well, not yet. No. I, mean, I think <clears> they just put out like the the full the full thing. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I don't want to be let down by this because I am such a big fan of this game, this universe, and these characters. I want to see it done right. Like, it needs to be kind of over the top and dumb. I'm afraid that they might try to do it over the top and, like, cool, and then it's just going to kind of fall apart. Like, it, you have to do everything in this with kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek, and I think they might not because that might not be a movie that people would want to go see i think like with eli roth being the director and with the cast that's there i think they were going to be going for fun funny and then just the clips action Mm -hmm. i mean you see a lot of like cool guns um uh i I, with the with the poster uh kevin hart like, the gun he's holding, I was trying to be, like, look at be like, oh, that's definitely a Nerf gun that they painted, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they added another <laughs> handle to it. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. 
But I know a lot of movies or TV shows will do that. Like, they'll just take a Nerf gun, paint it, like, add some matte to it, and, like, like blasters, like, scarring on it. And they're like, yep, sci-fi gun now. It works. Um, but the the gun that um, – I can't think of her name. Um, with the red hair, she's a siren. Oh, Lilith. Um, yeah, like, she's got a gun, and it's, like – it's a pistol, but it's also, like, rotating and firing. Like, it looks cool. Oh, that's like a, a, a TDR gun there. Yeah. Um, no, it looks. I, it. I'm hoping. I'm hoping tomorrow I can watch that trailer and uh, and be very happy. Yeah. Again, by the time you guys hear this, uh, the trailer will probably be out. So we'll be talking about the trailer most likely next week. Then, but. And also, Bad uh, Batch season three, the final season. Final first three I, episodes. Bad Batch, besides like the first, I think. No, I only watched like the premiere movie that they had i haven't dipped my toes back into it but i've heard it's pretty decent yeah it's really good i like it it, it feels like a continuation of the clone clone wars much like mm-hmm. how rebels felt like a continuation of clone wars rebels is just so so good and it, i feel like rebels didn't have as many filler episodes as clone wars did. And it could be because clone wars went on longer but i feel like a lot of clone wars you could kind of like cut out yeah. And like the whole series wouldn't suffer from missing it, but yeah, uh, I'll, Borderlands, please, please don't let me down. Also, like Claptrap looks really good in live action. Like yeah. the second that you see him in there, I'm, I'm down with it. You know what else I'm down with? The sickness. Well, yeah, another but, beer. But also uh, another beer, and uh, I'm, I'll go first because you guys have similar styles, so you can uh, compare together, but. You guys already know what I'm drinking because we took a little bit of a break. But this is a smoothie sour. And this is from Magnify Brewing Company. This is their blue milk. And this is a uh, smoothie sour with blue raspberry, coconut cream, and vanilla ice cream. And it is a very bright, viscous teal. And it's all coconut and vanilla. Like, there might be a little bit of raspberry there, but it's just big coconut and then that vanilla... (laughs) smooth uh five percent abv it's weird it's good i just don't know what color my poop's gonna be tomorrow (laughs) because this is that so bright there's there's got to be something wrong with it uh it's not natural but you know what i'm down with it it's a very nice coconut flavor very nice vanilla so yeah i only picked up the can of all the stuff that i'm drinking today this is one, if I did have a four-pack of it, I probably would mind having a couple extra ones there just to be like, oh, this is kind of a fun drink. What are you boys drinking together? Well, what do you got? <laughs> I have from uh, Wayland Brewing Company, their Super Deluxe. This is their Indian Pale Ale. I think this is their flagship. 6.2% alcohol by volume, so nothing too crazy. But again, nice big... Big hop of flavor, not as piney as the uh, Jennings, a little bit more juicy, but not, I wouldn't call it a fruit bomb either, or a juice bomb either, but it is uh, infinitely drinkable. Um, it goes down easy. Just a decent IPA. Like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm drinking from Beer Tree. This is their Art of Balance. 
uh, New England ice IPA, <clears throat> 7.1%. This is delicious. Mm. Um, it's got the kind of guava, honeydew, melon kind of mm. flavors to it. Um, <clears throat> really just crushable IPA. The other day I was in the mood. I was like, man, I'm really in the mood for an IPA. And I picked up a couple other half. And the ones I like the one I had, it just like it didn't hit the way I wanted it to. This is what I wanted that day. Mm. The taste that I wanted, the mouthfeel, all of that is is here. Absolutely delicious. Um, yeah, no, I love it. I would definitely drink this again. And I can because I now carry the food here. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. And I do the ordering. Order it for yourself. Yeah. Tie it up. And all of their beers, um, super reasonable price. I think this, I think, was like maybe $16 for a four pack. The sours were 20 And the sour is in the same realm as like a Mortalis or um, Froth. And those are you know, $25 to $29 a four-pack, and it's $20 a four-pack. Nice. No, So that's a lot of money to be dropping at the store. But, you know, you got to save some money for Wednesday, John, because the new comics are coming out. Yeah. February 21st, 2024. Paul, Paul, are you not drinking a beer? I talked about my beer. Did you? Did I just... You threw it to me. I or you tried to throw it to John. John threw it to me. Oh, okay. I might have been trying to look up something. John didn't wait for anybody to throw it to him, so he started talking about his beer. And now I threw it to the list, and I'm going to throw it to John because he's. I'm going to jump in front of John though because I I didn't. The rules, Chris. Though we make the rules, and then we break the rules because we're we're loose cans, guys. Like this is why the listeners come here. You never know what you're going to get. Wait, is that why I have boys and not guys? Is because yes, when abs- I break the rules, like you guys <laughs> like stop the show and make me then follow the rules? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's one of our rules. Yeah. That we can break if we choose to. But I can't break them. No, Paul, there's rules for a reason. Uh, All right, Chris. I Break the rule. I like, <laughs> What's the book? Like, uh, Paul slid away from his desk like he was going to, like, I thought he was going to get up and get, like, or... his next beer, like. Use the restroom or something. Then he came back and was like, okay. Uh, John, the way you had uh, described your beer, like, no, this is like the perfect crushable IPA. Like, this is everything I want it to be. Like, I haven't had an IPA that's been that in a little bit, but this uh, past week on Valentine's Day, Yanni and I actually went to Epcot for one of the final days of the Festival of the Arts. And from the uh, little booth in, like, the Africa, like, fake pavilion... They had a Parish Brewing Company. It was a blueberry mochi ale. It's like a like a Berliner Weiss. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic. It was like the right amount of like that kind of like mochi, like mealy sweet, but then like a nice kind. Of, it was like a candy fake blueberry flavor, but it was like the the good version of it, where it was like borderline like actual blueberry like pie filling. Uh, it was one of those beers, like, I got the full pour of it, and I was like, I'm I'm glad I got this. Like, this is everything I wanted it to be for, just, like, walking around Epcot. So, uh, 
that's you sparked that in me. I was like, man, I had a beer like that recently, and I just I just wanted to mention it. Yeah, Paul. Paul, what comic book are you looking forward to coming out this week? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back into it because I think we've just talked about what action comics not too long ago. Uh, I'm getting back into uh, the Superman number eleven. This is a uh, this is that book where Lex Luthor's in prison. This you know, and there's people coming after him. That's what this book is focused on. And uh, yeah, the Lex Luthor Revenge Squad is showing up to try to take down Lex Luthor and everything that Lex Luthor loves in Metropolis. And it's up to Superman to fight them. So I'm excited to see who is in Lex Luthor's rogues gallery. That sounds Mm. kind of fun. Do you remember that the, the loser group of like henchmen that Batman had beat up and they were coming after him? I think it was like a Grant Morrison episode. And the one guy had like a batarang sticking out of his head. The other guy had gotten like, punched in the head and had it like the emblem in his head and they tried uh-huh. to do something and they and like Harley Quinn ends up like killing him or something, something stupid. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I don't remember. Was that like that Batman incorporated like, maybe, or I don't remember. I don't remember. But when Paul said that, I was like, Oh, I remember, remember that loser group, that loser group that were trying to get Batman. No, I don't remember that, but it sounds like a fun premise, but who knows? The one I guy had it was stupid from Chris, so I'm excited to hear what comic book he's looking forward to. Uh, talking about Batman, I only buy one Batman book right now, and that's Batman and Robin, which I'm still thoroughly enjoying. But as a special little treat for me, because I've been buying Nightwing like a good boy, uh, Tom Taylor and artist Sammy Basri are actually bringing Batman over into Nightwing. Um Nightwing's got a lot of things going on right now, and, like, he's kind of stuck in his head, and something is actually causing him to fail. Uh, So he's catching up with uh, the world's greatest detective to try to see what's affecting him so much. Is he getting a bullet again? Is he going by the name Rick again? No no bullets, but he he might just be getting the yips. Like, a lot of pressure's been thrown on him now, you know, leading up the, uh, the Titans, which are now the world's premier superhero team. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, Batman, Nightwing interplay because I feel like we don't really get these characters together anymore because they've both kind of grown into their own and are heading up their own little corners of the DC universe. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. And so it was just recently announced uh, Tom Taylor will be leaving the book some point within the near future. Um, him and uh, artist Bruno Redondo have like their final issue solicited. So I'm going to be sad to see this era of Nightwing come to a close because this is one of those arcs or runs, I guess I should say, that's maybe be like, yeah, this is this is why I like Nightwing. Everything here is proving, yes, I'm validated for having Dick Grayson as one of my favorite, not just Bat Family characters, but DC superheroes in general. Uh, it has been a great run. Uh, it's also been like a writer now that's like in my pantheon that I follow. Like I'm like, oh yeah. No, he's one. He's one of your uh, one he's of your one boys. Of my guy. He's one of my guys. Yeah, guys. Damn it, I forgot which one we did for Paul. Sorry, uh, that's on me. That's on me, Paul. I apologize. But, <clears throat> I mean, that guy. He's been doing a ton of stuff lately, so you can understand why he would be moving on from this and. 
it's also good to like for those writers to know when to leave something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, one of my I named my son Grayson, like one of my favorite characters. And basically it was the same thing, like Chris, like Chris was back in the day was like, I'm loving Nightwing here. They have this stack of books and me reading it going, Oh, this is like one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. You think you, he's, you could he's, say that I might put him on like a Mount Rushmore. Whoa! Don't get too far ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of stuff to do. Your list before you pick your Mount Rushmore. But also, uh, I did want to ask this: Do you think it's because uh, without Alfred being around, that maybe Dick Grayson has less of a reason to go back to Gotham? Because I think if I wanted to have a heart to heart with somebody and something was going wrong with me, I think Dick Grayson would go to Alfred first. Um. I don't know, because they've definitely had different ways to bring Alfred into other stuff with, like, flashbacks and AI that's talking to people through computers. Yeah. Um, now that this current version of Dick has really been uh, talking to Barbara a lot more about stuff, which I've also really enjoyed seeing, like, their relationship continue and grow and change a little bit. Um also, there's been plenty of appearances by the the Titans in this run too, which is always fun too. Mm-hmm. So he he has a support family there, but I think he needs his family family. Um, so maybe some of that could be, yeah, you know, Alfred's not there, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just I'm down for it, John. Uh, yeah. So my book is coming from Image Comics, and this is the Six Fingers number one. Written by Dan Waiters, art by Sumit Kumar. And this book follows a archaeology student who's always been in control of his life, uh, but commits a brutal murder in the M.O. of a historical notorious serial killer, but has no memory of doing it. And it's a cat and mouse game as he tries to figure out how and why he committed this murder and if he actually did. Um, so, John. Sounds the, like a John book. It sounds like a John book, but also the cover dress for this makes it may be possibly like, didn't John pick this book already? <laughs> but I think I'm thinking about the one hand, which you picked for the list way back in episode 551. Because it had like a very mm. similar kind of like cover story to it. Is this part of some sort of imprint over at Image Now where they're doing a lot more like that kind of Bendis-y like crime thing? Or is this just happenstance? Just happenstance. It's okay. just Image, image Comics throwing everything out at there. Um, the cover made me think like uh, David Aja and um, oh, I can't think of his name who did like the. Uh, uh, Franco Franco Villa. No, no. Um, David Aja in um, Irving. The guy who, no, uh, Chris, he did uh, 100 Bullets covers. Oh, Eduardo Rizzo. Oh, no, wait, Dave Johnson? Dave Johnson. Okay. I w- we should have just kept the game. Did uh, you pick up the, uh, the one hand? I don't remember. That's okay. It's a few weeks ago. Know. You know, spoilers, listener. Sometimes we pick books that we don't actually buy or read. You know, it happens. happens. But I, I just, I literally just searched for it on uh, 
League of Comic Geeks. And now I'm looking at the covers and I'm like, no, like the the branding for it's exactly the same with like the blocks around the title. So interesting. Maybe they have the same cover artist. Maybe that's just what they're doing there. I don't know, man. No, oh, boy, I do, do I love reading me some comics. Oh, it does look super like it. Yeah. 100%. Yes, these are all taking place in the same city. Ooh. This, uh, yeah, these, I think these might be, um, like, sister books. Because here's the thing. The, the, the detective in the one hand uh, is about to retire, but then a brutal murder occurs bearing the hallmarks of a serial killer that he had put away. So, yes, I think these books are together. Hmm. Now I definitely have to pick them Does up. Does the and one hand may, have six we may fingers have on it? Two books for a look back. Oh, no. As long as they're good. Like, if you like them and uh, you think it's worth checking out, I'm I am not opposed to that. Yeah, I'm going to add this to my comiXology pull list right now. Or my Amazon pull list that's under my comiXology. There you go. There you go. John, you and know I'm, what I'm going to do? What's that? Gonna force you to read something. Oh yeah, what's dramatically? And now the Bag and Boardcasts proudly present a dramatic reading from Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, page nine, panel four. You wouldn't dare. And that was a dramatic reading from Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and that was read by Chris. And I just forced John to listen to Chris read it dramatically. I forgot who was reading. Oh, I, I was focused on picking. Not on who was. Yeah, do you know why you were focused on picking it? Because I told you before we started recording, I was like, oh, Paul, you pick for me. What I love, too, is like Chris just gives me a look and I give him a look and he's like, yeah, I'm reading it, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> we have fun. And then, and then I just waited to see the egg on Paul's face. Oh, so much egg on my face. This is the realization. This is why we yeah, have Paul, rules, we, guys, to keep Paul. me from doing this kind of stuff. Also, this Where is were your we rules? Have, this is why we have forks, Paul. You don't need to just slam your face into the plate of scrambled eggs. Like You can scoop it up like a gentleman. Yeah. Why you have egg all over your face. Never learned how to uh, properly knead eggs in Cotier school. So uh, all right, so... Side question before we ask the big question heading us into the main topic. How do you guys like your scrambled eggs? Do you like them a little bit lighter, fluffier, kind of like runny? Or do you like them, no, these things are dense pile of eggs? Dense pile of eggs. I'm afraid of undercooked eggs. I'm a dense pile of eggs guy. Like, if it's, like, brown on some of the sides of it, mm. I'm I'm there for it. I like that little bit of crisp and crust. So that's how I grew up eating eggs. And my scrambled eggs. And then um, my grandma would make them, and I'm like, ah, these are too wet. I'd be a, I'd be <laughs> yeah, a real. I, no, I get that. That's, I'd be a yeah. real asshole. That's why I also it. don't like, like, a, like, a, oh, I don't remember, like, a sunny side up egg. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, I love, like, I love, over easy. Like, I love. No, like, give me, like, a, a over easy. That's, like, fried it. <laughs> like, I don't care if that thing is smashed and both sides of it are, like, brown. Like, that's, that's it. Uh, when I was in, um, when we, when my wife and I are, we're on our honeymoon and we were in England. I love a scotch egg. Mm, and oh we were yeah. at this, we were at this really cool bar and, um, they had scotch eggs and I was like, I'll take a that's, scotch egg. That's the time to have it too. 
And the guy was like, oh, the yolks are a little runny. And I was like, that sounds delicious. Oh, see, I don't... And he's like, have you ever had a scotch egg before? And I'm like, yes, I love them. And he's like, oh, okay, here. And then uh, I walked out with three glasses, mm. two beers, uh, and a scotch egg sitting on the top of another one. Because he's like, oh, it would be easier for carry these this way. <laughs> and I got back to the table. Uh, I took a bite. And I said, this is great. My wife took a bite and she said go get yourself one and i <laughs> went back in to buy another one i feel like for me it would have to be like the perfect amount of like texture and crisp on the outside then to kind of yeah. counteract that soft and it wasn't like it was like like oh it was it wasn't like it was super jelly. like runny it was jelly oh, yeah. it was just like oh, a little bit kind of a little bit gooey um and it was wonderful now would he say it was umptuous yes the other thing is, my wife... Would you say it's excellent? No. no I wouldn't Paul, say Paul also said no for some reason. <laughs> and he would be the person that would say that. But he knows me. Uh, but Paul, my... had, Paul had a visceral physical reaction. Like He didn't even think about it. His body was just like, no! no shaking his head back and forth. Ugh. My wife loves eggs. And I made my wife scrambled eggs the way that I make scrambled eggs. And she was like, this is garbage. You don't know how to make scrambled eggs. And she taught me how to make scrambled eggs. And they are better than those overly dried scrambled eggs. And if you remember, she made made vacation eggs. Where she spilled all the garlic powder in them. And everybody enjoyed the eggs. I just remembered the garlic powder. Not so much (laughs) the texture and the consistency of the eggs. So, Clueless, what's the secret? Because... Like, I feel like when Is I... it sour cream or creme fraiche added in? Creme fraiche. So, so yeah, sometimes. I'm not a big sour cream person, so I, I usually don't like the sour cream eggs. But my wife will like, Chris, you'll love this. Uh, she, instead of sour cream, she'll use uh, rye dip. Oh. Yeah. Sign me up, baby. Um, but no, it's like using a little more water, not using... Or not water. Uh, using a little more, uh, a little more butter than usual. And... You know, continuously like stirring them, not keeping them on the heat the whole time, but okay. making sure your eggs are cooked through. Because I've never um, felt like mine are dry. Like I've never been like, yeah. oh, this is like a wafer. And I like, was, I mean, I, I usually have some cheese my eggs and some, like, off the black heat pepper on top before they're done. But sometimes you get them and they're like, like you said, oh, as like, a kid, they're wet. And I'm like, a yeah. little, little bit of like crust on it, like, but never yeah. like dry. Like it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, interesting. Hey. That was uh, egg talking with the guys. So uh, we can head over into the main topic now. Because I was going to say boys, but I couldn't do boys because it's already barbecue boys. So you understand why I had to, to flip it to the guys. So like I said, up at the front, main topic time. Uh, this is National Hero Week. So I decided what better way for us to celebrate than to pick who would we put on our superhero Mount Rushmore. So I did have to look it up before we started recording because I wasn't 100% sure. I've never actually been to Mount Rushmore. There are four faces on it. Uh, my grandmother went and sent me a, like, a picture of it because that's like she sent me like a postcard like, oh, this is where, where we are. And then like she arrived back the next day because that's how mail works. Never been. I don't, I've I never, don't I've never been either. 
I'm I'm sure it's really cool like when you're there. But like seeing a picture of it's enough for me. Like I'm like, oh that's pretty dope. But that's me with like any man made statue, sculpture, yeah. anything like that. It's like well, oh, the, cool. the like, faces are, are only very sixty talented. feet high. Sixty feet tall. I mean that's like ten ten me, so that's pretty impressive. Could you that's imagine ten of me in a room together? It's a six story building. Who's burning all these eggs? <laughs> Anyways, I heard that uh, the whole Mount Rushmore thing is it's a cover up to 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 hide a national treasure. Mm, that's very possible. Do it's, you think their butts are on the other secrets. side of the mountain? Huh? Do you think their butts are on the other side of the mountain? <laughs> no. Actually, what's really kind of sad is it's actually a uh, sacred sacred yeah. Native American part, part of why America is terrible. Uh, and we heard, hills. well, with our last trade in policy, we found out the other reason why America is horrible. Yeah. All the racism. Oh, good. I couldn't remember what it was good Asian. Yeah. I, I, I read a lot of comic books and I really had to pause and think about it. So set it up again up at the front. John, you struggled with this. It, I it, just wanted to. I, know. I just want you to know it's it's your your superhero Mount Rushmore. It could be your favorite. It could be. The unsung heroes, it could be the most influential. It's however you want to you you want to build it. This is your mountain, baby. You're placing was, that dynamite, which I'm assuming is how they did it. Like it's all just straight up dynamite. I don't know how rocks work. Um, I was also gonna pitch uh, for another episode. Um, our guys, who are your guys, Paul? Your boys, uh, <laughs> like your Mount Rushmore of writers and artists. So that would be fun. Hmm. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I'm down. So, it's but, been a while since we've done something like that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we used to do the uh, March Madness, like the comic book creator craze, and then we, we kind of stopped because we we found our guys and we we're like, this is this is yeah. what I'm going to read. It, and the thing is, it's I feel like there hasn't been that turnover of like, oh, there's these new people coming up. In the past few years, it feels like we we found our guys and we're either stuck with them and we're not giving other people a chance or for whatever reason, new people aren't getting a chance. Well, I think like Mark Wade has always been somebody that we've always really liked, but it was more recently that he really became someone that we're like, oh, if Mark Wade's writing it, it's going to be awesome. And then um, I can't think of his name now, but uh, the writer who's doing. Nightwing, Tom, Tom Taylor, King. Tom, Tom Taylor. Taylor, and Tom then, King's one though. Uh, yeah, Tom. Yeah, uh, and then um, even the writer who's doing um, like the GI Joe books, like Duke and um, Cobra Commander. Oh my gosh, who's doing it? Because Cobra Commander Two is coming out this week, and I'm surprised you didn't pick that one, John. I thought that was going to be your. I thought you were going to pick it. Pick. I didn't want to steal it on you. Not, I, that's why I didn't pick it because it was going to be yours. <laughs> but you know, I've been buying Nightwing for the, all this time, and I, I did want to talk about it. So, um, is it Joshua Williamson? Is it Joshua uh, Williamson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like they've been around for so long. Like everybody we yeah. mentioned, like Mark Wade, obviously has been Mark, more yeah. around a lot longer. Oh, but even like it, digging like, back further into it, like people like Scott Snyder, like he's he's been one of our writers for. Like ten years now, yeah. so yeah, I I feel like you're not wrong. Like I'm trying to think of like people outside the box, but like no, like everybody that we go to is kind of Been like we go to. Like I think ten years now. 
for me, like Kyle Higgins with his work on Radiant Black is probably the most recent mm-hmm. edition. But even now, that's been going on for like two, three years now. So. And Kyle Higgins got to start on Gates of Gotham. Yeah, right? Gates of Gotham with Scott Snyder. Which was like, like 12 years ago. ago. Yeah. So it's not like he's, he's not, I feel like maybe comics, they're like the writing on the writing side, at least it not a little bit. I don't know about the art, but on the writing side, it feels like there hasn't been that turnover. Like we're getting people that are writing comic books that have been writing comic books for over a decade and they're older. But so they're in the thirties, forties, some of them fifties and sixties. That could also just be, those are the comic books that we, yeah we gravitate towards and that's what we read. And those comics and those companies pull those creators because They've been writing in that universe. They've been writing those characters. So, like, they've already planted seeds. They already know what they're doing. Like, so there's probably less editorial, like, interaction that's needed. So those editors can focus on other stuff. I, I don't know. I just miss the, you know, Young Guns or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's what Marvel used to call them, right? Uh, the young yeah, Guns. They, they changed it to, like, the Stormbreakers now. But now it's all just artists. Like, yeah. they just focus on the artists. And usually the artists that they pick for the Stormbreakers are people that have already been working at Marvel yeah. for like a couple of years now. So it's like an example because they call like Peach Momoko one of their Stormbreakers. is like she's been doing covers for you for like two years at this point. Like, yeah. I- I'm glad you're like calling her out so people can be like, oh, this is someone I should look for. But like <laughs> r- real ones already know. And if we're picking the realest of the real ones this week. For their main topic. Chris, this is your baby. This is my baby. Uh, And I was trying to go not just favorite, but also influential. Like, for me, these are the superheroes that have weight in one way or another. Um, And for me, I he might not be my favorite, but I think for influential, I think Superman's got to be on my Mount Rushmore. And this isn't like a... Oh, if someone picks it, you can't pick it. Like, this is your yeah. personal one. So, like, we, we can maybe have an overall once we get to the end of this. But I think if you were to close your eyes and have someone ask you, like, tell me a superhero. Like, Superman's probably going to be the one that comes out of most people's mouths just because he's everywhere. Like, not just the comic books, but back when he came out, he was in radio serials he was in newspaper strips he's been on tv he's been in cartoons he's been in movies he's been in video games he's been serial he's bed sheets t-shirts mud flaps stickers like that shack super- tattoos shack, shack was steel and like a superman adaptation like he is everywhere and i think that just speaks to the character like no matter who you are and what type of media you partake in, Superman is a part of that in some way. And I think that's why he's he's got to be on the, the Mount Rushmore. Like, yeah. giant granite spit curl hanging low for everyone to see. Yeah. I, uh, oh, God. No, go ahead, Paul. I, I was thinking, oh, man, I, I kind of have to pick Superman, right? Because he's yeah. like the progenitor. He's the guy. But then I'm like, wait, no, he's he was created as a response to uh, Shaz- or Captain Marvel, Shazam. Because that well, was I thought Captain biggest... Marvel was after Captain Marvel came after. Superman. Yes, 
Did Captain Marvel come after Superman? Yes. Really? I thought he I thought he was saying Superman was the biggest thing until Captain Marvel. And then Captain and Marvel. Then Captain Marvel started beating him because what's better than a kid that turns into a superhero when it's kids reading the comic books? Yeah. Mm. Uh I, I have it here. Superman was the biggest thing since Superman because at that point sliced bread hadn't even been invented yet. <laughs> that's true. I don't know if that's true, but sliced bread actually isn't uh isn't as old as people think it is because like the automatic sliced bread, you buy your bread pre-sliced. Not as old. I think it's like uh, like every time I look it up, I'm like, oh, it's not that old. We're, we're gonna get a sneak peek at Paul's next pub trivia thing. It's like, how old is sliced <laughs> bread? Is it older or younger than sliced yeah. bread? Is gonna be like that initial question. Uh, 1928 well, sliced bread. So okay. pretty close to when Superman first appeared. Almost a hundred years old. Yeah, not even a hundred years old for sliced bread. Uh, yeah, 96 years. Um, yeah, no, I mean, if Superman, if I was going to be doing the same thing as you, I, Superman would be on my on my Mount Rushmore because of how influential he is. And not just like your arch enemy is a scientist. Mm-hmm. You work at the paper. Your dame is a gutsy news reporter. Like how many other characters followed that suit and formula and you know there's at least like four other ones from dc comics included in that yeah. i mean like the the other thing is like the 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 billionaire like how yeah. many are wealthy well-to-do men but then who's their dame a gutsy reporter you know sandman wesley dobbs gutsy reporter um the question is a reporter works for a paper like how many characters spider-man works for a paper like that was like the main job is your superhero had to work for a paper green hornet like all oh, of man if they if they did it today they'd all be uh only fans models am i right guys hey i don't know but john uh it, it seems like you said like oh if i did it your way that's who i would pick too so what what rabbit hole did you fall down with for your so picking? i am picking the absolute favorite characters that have like a deep connection to me like my, the ones that i absolutely love the most the ones that i've bought statues or i bought that extra thing or i spent that extra money it's gonna be the specter because i see him back there, <laughs> right there. that um, specter hero click well, I mean, it, that Spectre Hero Click has a Hal Jordan uh, dial, and Hal Jordan would be one of those characters. Um, I have Hal Jordan statues. I have ring busts. I went in on a huge Green Lantern lot with Chris, and I got all the green. I got all the Hal Jordan. I got all the Kyle Lanterns, Rainers. And Chris got all the Kyle Rainers, and we split that even, and... It was just one of those things that, like, he's one of those characters that, like, if my if somebody asked my wife who is John, one of John's favorite characters, and you ask my son, you ask people around me, they'd say a Green Lantern, and they would know to say Hell Jordan, Green Lantern. <laughs> the next, yeah, that's a good one. For I can I can see that being on your personal Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, I have. If I was doing 
just strictly favorites, I probably would have had a Green Lantern. It probably would have been Guile. But, yeah, because that's one of the comics that's been most influential for me as a reader would be yeah. Green Lantern. I'm going to... Like, I'm going to do my my when I heard about this, it's it's characters that I enjoy because I'm not going to put a character that I hate on my Mount Rushmore. But I also wanted to pick very culturally relevant. Like these are the ones that everybody would be like, oh, okay, I see why they're there. And I'm going to because Chris already picked the one that's probably the most, you know, the George Washington. That's a, you, you can still pick it. Like yeah, it's yeah, I, your... I, 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 when I work, I'm going to work my way back though. So I'm going to go with the, the newest one. I think he definitely earned the spot. Definitely started the whole superhero craze in the cinematic universe. And I have to go with Iron Man. Ah. Uh, because of you know he, it basically started the whole uh, superhero boom. Comic books are now very secondary to. Yeah the movies and i think that kind of started with the marvel studios uh was it paramount who columbia picture who? i think it was paramount had the original yeah or was it universal i'm not sure but um yeah distribution rights and now it's all about the the movies before the movies were kind of thing it would make a bunch of money then they would go away. They wouldn't be that good. Then nobody would see them. And the, the comic books were still making making the money. Now it's flipped that on the head. It's head yeah. so. No, I think this is also a great pick because the movies have now influenced the comics almost as much as the comics influenced the movies. Where the Marvel comic books, Iron Man, is much more related to the cinematic universe version of that character. Like... He mm-hmm. looks like that version of Tony Stark from uh, Robert Downey Jr. And this is what got a lot of people not just interested in this universe, but the the comics in general. Um, so yeah. I think, no, that's a that's a great pick. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's and it, that's the most recent. And I'm going to work backwards in time from there. Yeah, you, you're going to try to steal a specter from John? He's he's not here. He, he, he yeah, got I know. Off, so, so can, I can, went last, so I'll in. go with another one. And this is a one. I do enjoy this character, not as much as other characters in that same, on that same team or in that same universe. But I was trying to think of a character of the from the 80s. The ones that the character that kind of like came out and like was an icon for that anti-hero, okay. you know, genre that just dominate comics for so long you know it started with the watchman and i'm like oh should i throw a watchman character up there i'm like no because they don't have the cultural residence yeah as somebody else and then i'm like well batman could be a good pick and i'm like ah no batman is more than just that though but more I, than just that anti-hero see, i i struggled with that because i was originally going to put batman on because for me batman is like top tier, but I think Superman just resonates more like with exactly. everything, <laughs> and that that's kind of the mind frame I went into my list with. Then I was thinking Spawn mm-hmm. because you know because that's the kind of era like that eighties nineties uh, Heroes Reborn, like the deconstructionist, yeah, uh, of it. So that's where I was think I was really thinking Spawn, and then I realized no, I could do Wolverine. Mm. 
I think Wolverine has has that cultural icon status. He 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 fits that anti-hero kind of kind of milieu. He's part of the hero reborn with the Jim Lee taking over um, X Men. So he's still got that image comics kind of clout, you know. And then with and then the big even in the eighties the, the all do all different X Men, you know he's part of that team. Yeah, it's, like it's front and Chris center. Claremont, and it's then into the nineties he carries that, you know, uh, you know smoking a cigar, you know, anti-hero. He's as close as we're gonna get to like a spawn or a hellblazer or one of those like dark heroes in mainstream comics that everybody knows who he is and but he's close enough to have that edge he he hearkens to that edge that i wanted without having to go full full because he's yeah wolverine okay sorry i was getting harassed by my wife upstairs and i couldn't get down in time huh. and i i wasn't sure who you were talking about? Uh, when I, I figured it was Wolverine when I was doing the Wolverine yeah, cause. Yeah. Wolverine? I thought I said it when you were putting your headphones head, headphones back in. So, My yeah, headphones? <laughs> your headphones back in? Yeah, those headphones—they're covered in adamantium, though. Like uh, you know. Yeah. No, I think again, a fantastic pick. And how great would he look sticking out of the side of a mountain? Like, because you gotta have like the oh, man, the big him. like the fin mask. Like I don't even is know it the what fin to... mask or is it just his hair? I think you know. Oh, I, 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 I think he the mask. I think I I would do the fin mask. I think that's for me quintessential Wolverine. Uh, so we'll, we'll rotating back through. So John, what's your uh, number two pick? My number two would be another one that <clears throat> is just uh, a love of mine, and it's a book that anytime something's put out with this character in it, I usually always pick it up even though it's a a one or a two issue thing. Uh, but this is the, the right hand of doom. Like this is Hellboy. Um, Hellboy is just one of those characters. I used to see it when I was reading char- like comic books. I see that character. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who he was. But when we got back into comics, uh, it, it was one of those things that I picked up and I was like, I love it. I love the art. I love the, this character who's just blue collared. It's my job. I got to get it done. No one else is going to do it but me. Uh, and no, I love him. I I have like, there's not many things that I spend money on, but I have the, they put out like figures. I have figures. They put out this. I got this. I have a tiki glass that is Hellboy. Like, just one of those absolute love characters of mine. I'd never be able to afford a Mike Mignola page, but I do have a Lobster Johnson page <laughs> with a character that has a hand that looks a lot like Hellboy. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the page you have it was done by Craig Robinson because I also purchased a Robin page from him at the same convention. Uh, no, it's Armstrong. Oh, okay. Uh, then I yeah. apologize. And it's from okay. Lobster Johnson, Iron Prometheus, number three. Uh, John, I'm glad you picked Hellboy because it gives me a chance to talk about Hellboy 
a little bit more because he's also going to be on my list. Whoa! Uh, yeah. And this is kind of the same reasons as Superman because there's not a lot of indie characters that have kind of jumped off the comics page to other medias. But we've had four Hellboy movies. We've had Hellboy video games. We've had Hellboy... We've had three and a fourth one on the way. I'm, uh, so, yes. Okay, so there. There. You're right. But, <laughs> Have you seen an animated one yet? No, but There's we've also had animated. animated. Yeah. And I th- think Hellboy is one of those characters that's such like a striking like visage. Like, Even if you don't know who Hellboy is, you see that character and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, That's interesting. Why is that right hand so much bigger than the other one? Oh, maybe he's drawn with that flaming crown. What's that? Maybe you just you're you scrolling think he's, through. You, you think he's wearing goggles on his head, and you don't realize that he's trimmed right. out his horns. Maybe you're scrolling through social media, and there's just a random panel of uh, Kid Hellboy where he's talking about pancakes. There's there's so much to this character, and I think Mike Mignola nailed it because he made such a great pulp adjacent character for the modern age but adapting old folklore and myths and legends like to bring those in so he's delving into like such a breadth of storytelling but doing it in like a weird funky fun way like i the whole reason i know what a homunculus is is because of roger and that's something that i probably should have known just from other like weird folklore stuff that I liked, but no, I, I can tell you what a homunculus is because of Hellboy and subsequent spinoffs and miniseries because Hellboy is one of those characters that Dark Horse has always been working with and putting something out, whether it's like an actual Hellboy series or a BPRD, BPRD or a Lobster Johnson or like even an amazing screw on head, like something kind of removed, but it still fits in alongside that just because of Mike Mignola's style and storytelling. Like, and that's all because of Hellboy. So I I applaud your pick and I'm going to, I'm going to chisel him in over on my side too. Um, I think that's one of the reasons too, like why I like the goon. Cause Mm. the goon is a lot like Hellboy and it's a, Mm world where those characters are there but he's also that blue collar kind of character that if it ain't me who's gonna stop him yeah and he's very hellboy-esque um and also it's like the the artist makes that book yeah mike mignola just perfected that look and the same thing with uh with that with i I, before i don't like make this a hellboy episode but like the whole thing about Hellboy, too, is he's such a regular working class guy, too. Like, he's just the guy that if he's saving people on the street, punching demons, he's going to knock one of them out of the air. Then he's going to look over at the person they just saved and be like, Mondays, right? <laughs> like, yeah. he's just so likable. Flying in the jetpack and it gives out and he's like, ah, not again. Uh, one of my favorite things is. When we went to go see the movie, we went with Mr. Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we walked out, 
the love and excitement that like Mr. Paul had for that movie. Like he was more excited <laughs> after that movie than any of us were. And he was kind of like, eh, I'm going to the movies with my son and his goofball friend. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, that guy, man, that guy is, man. Just well, let's, let, hey, hey, let's get it let's, all done. Oh, man, I love that the work ethic of that superhero. Yeah. Like, because, you know, my dad definitely came out of being like, no, I relate to that. Like, he's just trying to get something done. And like all this other stuff is happening around him. And he can't, you know, and he's just trying to then take care of everything. But also, my dad was, I don't think he didn't like the idea of going out to see the movie with us. <laughs> I think he was just as excited to go see the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Let's not, let's not mischaracterize him. No. So we're we're kind of halfway through. My dad's so... like me. He enjoys enjoying things. Yes. And he enjoys, he enjoys uh, Chris and John. Yeah. <laughs> the whole McGowan family loves us. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is true. I miss I miss you guys. Uh do you have your uh next beer that you guys want to break down since we're halfway through our uh, mountains? And I'm gonna apologize up front because I grabbed the wrong beer. It's oh. still some it's still something I haven't had before and I can oh, still wow. talk about it, but this one is not not the sour that I thought I had. It was something that oh. I, else that I had picked up. You couldn't disappoint me more. I know. I'm sorry. I sowy. Oh, okay. As long as you're sowy. It's 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 an imperial sweet stout from Angry Chair. If that makes it better. Oh, hey. hey. Okay. okay. Whew. Sweating that one. Because uh, this is their little coconut, and this is a imperial sweet stout with coconut, cinnamon, nutmeg, and other natural flavorings uh, containing lactose. And little coconut is. Basically, the English translation of coquito, which is basically like a horchata. It's like a holiday, like mm-hmm. coconut milk drink. And this is really good, but I don't think I could call it a coquito beer because it is obviously like a very dark imperial stout. But it's got way too much of that stout, like nice mm. roastiness that you wouldn't have if you were drinking an actual coquito, which we have a bottle of because Yanni, who's Puerto Rican, her aunt makes big batches of coquito to give to everybody for Christmas. So we still have part of a bottle sitting in the fridge. And I think if this was something a little bit lighter, like maybe like a white stout, then I could get it. But it's just, it's so dark and deep and rich that it's coquito. It's an angry chair beer. It, it's, a, it's an angry chair beer. And this is like the beers that they do best. So I'm I'm not going to knock it for that. But I I wish it was just a little bit lighter and not so like it should dense. be a, It should have a different name. It, it, it should, but it's is really it good. good beer? Oh, yeah, it's it's great. It's like, an angry it's, chair beer. It's yeah, an angry it's chair an beer, sweet sour. Like, with I, that wrong, it just has the wrong name on it then, right? I'm trying to find the ABV on this. I mean... I think you could still call it like something coconut, but for a coquito, yes, it has all of those ingredients in it. But man, it's just I'm I'm going to be sipping this for the rest of the episode, and then probably for the next half hour after we finish <laughs> recording, and we're still just like talking about stuff because it's it's very very sweet. Uh, something that isn't sweet is my next beer, and this is the Irish Goodbye. 
a dry Irish stout coming in at 4.9%. And this beer is good. This beer has a very thin mouthfeel. And when I think of like Irish stouts, dry Irish stouts, mm-hmm. I always kind of think of them being a little bit more bolder. Bolder. But this beer finishes with big, roasty, dry characters. So it is like your first initial sip, everything you kind of take into your mouth, it feels so thin. But then when you swallow it, you're like, oh, there's the flavor. Like it's like contradictory to itself. Like the what the thinness of the beard, you don't expect the roastiness to really hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a good dry Irish stout. It's not the best. It's not something that I'd kick down doors to go for. But if I was out and in the mood for this style beer and this was there, I would gladly buy it. But if there is anything that was remotely better, I would I would take it. Um, the Lawson's Nitro that we had would be a beer that I would take over this. I'd take a Murphy's, a Beamish, a Guinness. So my, 100% over this beer. My beer but store had... Good. The left-hand nitro mm. milk mm-hmm. stout, and I, I, I thought about that, but I was like, nope, no fridge fillers. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But they also had, I don't remember what it was called, but it was basically like a Guinness sampler pack, where it had uh, Guinness in it. It had harp and smittics. and smittics, yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, that would just be great to just have around yeah like those are all like good solid beers and i think and it's like five black. of each yeah you can five do yes. one. it's can five do of each one. with them and it's like um it's what our sale price i think it's like 28 dollars or 30 dollars for it but each of those four packs is 10 bucks it's 9.99 for a four pack and you're actually getting five of each of them yeah. for basically the same money as buying three four packs we had literally grabbed our beers like we were heading out of the like the beer aisle to go to the register and i saw it and like i kind of did that slow look back mm-hmm. while i was reading it and like yeah like caught it she's like oh do you want me to see how much it is i was like no i don't need it but i'm like that's that's cool like i just thought i was like oh that's that's a, a great pack to bring wait a second to, like a st patrick's day you were that internet meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend, <laughs> and he I saw the it. beer yeah. and he turned around and the girl's like, "No, she, but it wasn't a, she wasn't upset. She was like, yeah. understanding, oh, like, oh, yeah. do, do you, you, you want it? It's like, it was, hmm. the one thing about that pack that I wish was different is they're all in cans, mm. but only the Guinness." is the nitro nitro if it was a nitro harp and a nitro smittix in that i would be like absolutely like sign me up not that those aren't bad beers on their own but i would love those nitros because i sell like i sell a ton of boddingtons because i bring up to people <laughs> all the time you boddingtons. i that... bring up all the time like when you're talking about beers and i'm like oh blah fridge filler like this i'm like anytime i'm i Every couple months, I go, man, I need a Boddington's. And then those people go, 
do love a Boddington. Mm-hmm. And I, I sell like, a four pack. Like I'm just They like, have Boddingtons at the bar that's outside the UK pavilion at Epcot. And sometimes like if there's not a festival going on and like we're just there to walk around, get dinner, or, like go shopping, sometimes like walking past there, it's like I'm I'm gonna get a Boddington. It's like it's it's so good. It's so good. It's better than it should be. You only got like three shots at it, right? Like there's only three days in the whole year that there's isn't a festival going on in Epcot, right? Like it's <laughs> it it happens. Usually it's one of those things like you don't plan on. You go and you're like, oh, like we're in between festivals. Like literally right now, Festival of the Arts just ended a couple days ago, and yeah, but Flower and Garden started. Flower and Garden starts soon. Like it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not live yet. Like when we were there, they were already starting to put the topiaries, the topiaries up. Are up. Like so, we could see yeah. some of them, and it was like, oh, we're in Germany, so there's Snow White and like Dopey. But yeah, they're. Uh, it's coming soon. I like that. This one. isn't Parks and Rec, guys. Let's let's get back to yeah. it, Paul. All right, my number two, or my number three. Number three. All right, my number three. Did uh, I'll go with number three, and this is a. Uh, this is a tough one for me because I'm going back in time. So I want to do the start of that, you know, the Silver Age, basically. Okay. Um, and I was really thinking about it. I, I want to put the Flash there, but I want Wally okay. West Flash. Because I want to also encompass the whole sidekick coming into his like own. A, the legacy. Because if I was doing Mount Rushmore of just cultural <laughs> importance... Of course, here I would put Spider-Man. But you guys see my dilemma right now. I have Wolverine. I have Iron Man already. There's only four picks. It's already pretty heavy on Marvel. Well, maybe you should have put Spider-Man instead of Iron Man. No, no because Iron Man. <laughs> I, really, Paul, Paul, I, Paul, I, Iron I, Man really started the whole like Marvel Cinematic Universe. The whole Superman superhero craze in in the movies started with iron man yeah that was i'm just i'm just teasing (laughs) i'm defending my pick that's all i'm doing it's it's okay like so you you don't have to worry about someone might someone else might pick spider-man yeah so i'm gonna put wally west flash post-crisis that's that pick because of what he represents coming out of the crisis it's new age of comic books it's it's harkens back to the Silver Age plus post crisis. I think I can bridge those things together with Wally. Uh, Wally is definitely my Flash. Yeah, and he was Flash longer than Barry was Flash. I, I think he's still consistently been Flash longer because even after they brought Barry back, Wally is still actively the Flash, the Flash. in other books. Uh. But Wally's one of those characters, too, like, again, like, you're looking at, like, Silver Age versus, like, that modern age, or, mm-hmm. you know, I would even, I'd say what we're at now is not the Bronze Age of, of comic books, but he is just, I think, all around a better character, and again, it's like the writing in the 50s and 60s and 70s versus, like, the 80s where they gave him, like, actual problems like mm-hmm. he's got a he, you know he's got a girlfriend he's got this but like i remember in the in the 80s like reading those flash books where 
but he lost his power and he was trying to be able to run fast again and be a hero. And he's got this mantle to live up to and he can't because the speed force was stolen from him. And then, you know, of course he gets, he, you know, he gets it back, but he's always been a character that's been plagued with these things, but always has the smile on his face. Always is there to help no matter what, like, he's there and yeah, he's just one of those characters that like, like, no, I just, I have to move this much faster to save this many more people. And even the justice league unlimited flash and substance, like Mm -hmm. I love that episode. They just zero in perfectly of like who we, who, who Wally West like is. And yeah. I forgot who summed it up, but there was a comic book creator that summed it up. Superman flies above us to show show us what we could be. Wonder Woman preaches how we... uh, Superman flies above us of how we could be. Wonder Woman reminds us of how we should be. Yeah. And then the Flash runs beside us because he is who we are. Something like that. Because yeah, he's, so he's, he's, he's the I, guy I wearing the worn out Star Labs sweatshirt too. No, it's not even Star Labs. <laughs> Just no, Star Swimming. It's Star actually Labs uh, Swimming. This Star is, Labs Swimming. This is actually uh, one of my wife's old hoodies from when she was a lifeguard. <laughs> That's Star Labs. No. <laughs> no. No. Teaching no. Uh, teaching uh, swimming lessons to or, or to kids. You no, know, Paul. Yeah. You wear that quite a bit, and I've always just thought it was a Star Labs sweatshirt. That I was like, yeah, Paul loves that sweatshirt. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Nope. You, do you still have your red. Star Labs shirt? Because you have like a T-shirt. Who me? Yeah. Did you have like the like a gray Star Labs T-shirt? Okay, maybe. No, I think. I didn't. I have never a Star had. Labs. I never had. Oh, a Star I thought Labs. you did. Okay, I'm wrong. No. Anyways, uh, no. It would be Wally a great West, gift, though. Why West? Great. Again, like to John's point, that's that's my flash because that's when I was reading comic books. And that's the character that was the flash at that point, because why was already in the mantle? Cause Barry was gone. And I grew up with like the, the new team Titans and the new justice league from Grant Morrison and the Jeff Johns version of the flash. Like, so yeah, that just makes sense. The only Barry Flash that I like is Tom versus the Flash, like the original podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. those are just wonderful. I just love the fact that he would just take a villain and he would sit down with him on a park bench. Be like, come on, buddy. We can do better than this, right? <laughs> Get your shit day. together. Are you, are you off your meds again? Well, that was flash of substance. That was yeah. flash of substance, but yeah, like you got me again, Flash. Turn yourself in after that beer. Oh, it was Mark Hamill. Uh, John, what's your number three? My number three is another one of those just characters that that I love, that I have a statue of, that I've had action figures of. Um, not either of yours, cup of tea. Uh, but I love. Flaming Carrot. One of just like my absolute like favorite love. I love how bizarre into a mountain. 
and surreal. Uh, those books. I mean, John has a statue. I'm sure it's on like that shelf. Just, okay. Because I, I, I didn't want to make a joke about it because I knew this was someone that you could possibly have picked. But I was like, oh, John's probably going to pick someone that's out there. Not, I don't want to get too far because you used to have a pick, but I was going to be like, it'll be like a flaming carrot or like an Usagi Ojimbo. <laughs> kind of like. Yeah. Um, but I like. I started. Gra- I grabbed a couple of my flaming carrot trades. I've read the, them with my son um, for Valentine's Day last year. My wife bought me the Ninja Turtles flaming carrot crossover book with the Mystery Men um, four issue comic book series from like the early nineties. Um, late, 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 actually, probably from the 80s because it's before the Ninja Turtles had colored bands. They all had oh. the same colored bands on. Um, so it's just one of those things that I love. Like when Bob Burden was putting out, um, um, what is it when you like they, uh, man, my brain is not working today. Uh, artists or people put up things and then you can support them and they, Kickstarter? Like, like a Kickstarter. So and he put out crowd crowdfunding? He did a uh the first one. Crowd Kickstarter. 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 Uh he did a Kickstarter for trades that he was putting out. And of course, like hardback, I I ordered it, but I didn't order the one where he would draw a picture like he would do a uh sketch inside the book for you. But when the book came, he did a sketch on the oh, outside. That's awesome of the book and i just says like thanks your pal bob and i'm like you know what bob burden yes you are my pal i do enjoy you also bob burden from buffalo hey local boy bills uh go bills go bills but just one of those things like i i have one of the limited edition statues that they put out like i love that character and again if it's something like you asked you asked my wife you asked my son, you asked people around me, like, who's a character? Chris even said, like, oh, there's a chance John's going to pick Flaming Carrot. Like, just one of those characters that I do love. Uh, I telegraphed my number three, uh, Paul, with your last pick. Uh, I'm going Spider-Man. I think of all of the Marvel characters, mm-hmm. he's probably the closest to a Superman, where he has transcended just comic books for all the aforementioned stuff like he's he's everywhere like he's still in comics but he's had so many multiple movies to the point where studios are fighting over how much they can use him because he he sells tickets he gets butts in the seats he's action figures he's toys he's spaghettios like he's everywhere and it's kind of that like that why west thing where it's like everybody can relate to him in one way or another and i think as long as there is pop culture and there's media to consume spider-man is going to be a part of that like whatever media becomes in the future when you're just plugging something directly into your head and now i'm realizing that's stupid because you're not gonna have to plug it and it's gonna be like through bluetooth or something you're, you're gonna be able to still be watching reading being playing listening to whatever with Spider-Man. And I think he he's definitely 
one of those characters that everybody knows Spider-Man. Like, you could ask your mom, your aunt, your grandmother, like, hey, you know Spider-Man? Like, oh, yeah. They would do the thing. Yeah, they would do the thing. Like, oh, yeah. The, the hand thing. The whip. Sinks to walls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Radioactive blood. Like, they, they would know something about Spider-Man. Spider-Man is, like, my first comic book. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was always present in my life. The subscription, like, my dad just got me a subscription to comic books. They'd come every other week to the house, and it was always Spider-Man, you know? And it wasn't till like, it wasn't until the 90s, like, mid-90s that things got confusing because it would be like, you know, we were getting, like, Web of Spider-Man, but there's all these crossover events going on in all these other Spider-Man books. And I'd be like, I don't know what's going on in these. But like Spider-Man was always, always present in my house. If you, yeah, if yeah, I you just to... wait it out, John. And don't worry. This is where it gets good again. <laughs> uh, but Spider-Man was always just, it's always in my house. Like if you open up my long boxes, they would be mostly Spider-Man books from the 80s and the 90s. Um, yeah. It's a, a great character, and I think he's not only, like, pop-culturally relevant, but just culturally relevant. Yeah. yeah. And Sam Raimi's, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man was one of the biggest movies that first Spider-Man, because not only everyone knew who that character was, but it really, I think, launched superhero movies. Um <clears throat> X-Men and Blade did come out before it, but those were like, I'd say, secondary and third characters where Spider-Man was really that thing that everybody knows who he is. Uh, I want to go back a a little. He's just a kid, except in the movie he was like 30-year-old. 30 years old. Um, I want to go back to that because I don't think comic book subscriptions are a thing anymore. And I know it's not the same because I know you take your son with you to go comic book shopping. So like you have books that you buy together and like he reads, but is there anything that you order or like, it's funny you're talking about comic book subscriptions totally are a thing on Amazon, on Amazon, but not like coming to your mailbox. So is there anything that you order or have like sent to him? So like, he's like, Oh, you got mail today. And like, he has like a thing that's come for him. No, but anytime uh, an Amazon or Target package arrives at our house, he believes there's something in it for okay. him. And sometimes, because I remember being a kid and getting like, there is. I remember getting a magazine subscription as a kid and just think it was like the coolest thing that I had mail, and it was just all like, is this throwback like three two one contact like kids science magazine, yeah. but like. It was a thing that came for me, or like uh, Disney Adventures, like because my grandmother got me a subscription to that. Like it was cool being like, "Whoa, I got a magazine!" And then sitting there and looking at that same magazine like every day for the next month until the next one came, and it was like, "Hey, you got mail!" So, uh, yeah, no, I, no, I mean, we spoil him in a sense that anything, and it's kind of that stuff that like. Not that my wife and I have, like, a lot of money, but I will, like, not buy a new pair of jeans to buy him a book or to buy him something. And when it comes to, like, books, 
or things like that, like we always will spend that money on him. We read books to him every night. He picks out books. He's got book series that he likes. We, like you said, we go to the comic books. Like he just gets stuff all the time that he just expects. Like an Amazon package came. He's like, oh, what's in it for me? And it's like nothing. And then you open it up and you're like, oh, here's this book, book we ordered. Or here's this that we got for you. Uh, he's such a spoiled brat <laughs> uh john i don't think you've started one off so do you want to yeah. take us home uh well yeah just uh, speaking about my uh my spoiled brat son uh i named him grayson my wife brought that name up and i said 100 percent yes that is what we will call him and she said why and it's like as one of my favorite superheroes um i think batman is very culturally relevant character he's a great character i like that but you know who's better than batman dick grayson and nightwing uh where where batman has all of his flaws nightwing uh kind of picks up that mantle and keeps going uh the guy who doesn't want to be batman mm-hmm. uh yeah it's one of those like again like christmas is like, like i'm reading this book. it's great here like gives me a stack of like 15 20 books and burned through them and was like yeah i, yeah, I think that I was love like Nightwing the, too the devin grayson mm-hmm. run yeah 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 because after it. when i was finished when i was finished with it i was giving it to paul and then paul's <laughs> like oh you're saying it's great i'm just paul's like hey, you're saying it's great i'll just buy it and then was like hey you know what's really great nightwing uh but yeah it's one of those things that i think at that early stage in comic book reading, we were constantly passing off things that we thought were great and we loved and we liked. And we would just binge it. We had nothing else to do in our lives. Yeah. We would just binge read these books. And um, yeah, and it's just one of those things that is like, I love that character, you know. Um, name, my son, <laughs> name my son after him. Like, how could that character not be on my Mount Rushmore? Paul, nice. your, your uh, final pick. It's going to be uh, Superman. I was going back and forth between Super. I wanted to find something earlier, like some sort of Superman influence, but there isn't. It, I just it, want to say, it starts with put Superman. it put it on the calendar, everybody, so we can remember to say Paul did not pick Jamie Madrox. I know the multiple man. If or, it, or I, I was which works out for character. me because guys, my final pick is going to be the multiple man himself. No, that's a joke. <laughs> Well, the thing is, when you were near completion of Jamie Madrock's Multiple Man's uh, carving, as soon as you hit him in order to get the last part, another one would pop up and complete, and he would have to, like, and then another one. So so it's all four of your picks are Multiple Man at that point. It would, ha- it would, be, it would become that. But, uh, no, I'm going to go with, uh, I was thinking maybe I could get Archie in there, but Archie started in 1941 after Superman. Like, it all kind of starts with Superman. So, you... well, if you were doing your personal favorite list, though, would Jack Knight be on that list? I would have to think about the top four. Mr. Fantastic yeah. would have to be. Yeah. Fan- right, shoot, a... shoot from the hip. Like you're, you're just favorites. My favorites, yeah. Uh, let's put Jack Knight, uh, Mr. Fantastic, uh, Batman, and the Flash. Okay. Yeah. Superman Chris, might be up there past Batman now, though. Really? I, I mean, I you've been on Action Superman. Comics. And... 
Yeah. You know. But that that might be that might just I might be just in an ebb and flow, you know, the ebb and flow of it. So and that happens like arcs, right now, though, writers, Batman creators. would still be up there because of animated series. The Batman one was better. But Chris, go ahead. Uh, my final pick. And I I said it at the front kind of in a joking way. But I am also very serious about this. I think I would have to put up a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle because they got their start in comic books. You might not know that, though, if you were a kid of the 80s or 90s, because it it was a cartoon and it wasn't only just a cartoon. It was everywhere, full on media assault. If they could put a Ninja Turtle on something, it would have been on that. That and ice cream fun- treat was delicious. <laughs> How the- long did Tops have their Ninja Turtle pizza that you could buy and take home and cook? made with all the green olives like it's they always have that up even after like you would be like it's not culturally relevant anymore and then another cartoon would pop up it's and that's the thing like they've keep reiterating on this in different ways and to maybe like different levels of success but the fact that it's still coming out and we had a teenage mutant ninja turtles animated movie come out this past year that is universally loved. I think that speaks to these characters and their humble beginnings as just two dudes sitting in a garage like, all right, we're going to make a story. What do we want to do? Oh, we're going to do they're Ninja they're Turtles. Again. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, it, it's such a weird like origin story, but it propelled these two creators like Peter Eastman and Kevin Laird to bizarre realms of stardom and monetary gain and the fact that even last year we read last ronin last ronin 2 like the continuation series is coming out i can't wait i did not read the ninja turtle comic books until i got the omnibus version that had like the entire original run in it for like 45 bucks and i sat down and when i read that i'm like I I get why this was a thing that resonated at that time. I understand why they're like, mm, this is great. Let's take it and make it more marketable because damn, like it, it, it couldn't be stopped. And it hasn't like it's still going no matter how wrong things can go with it. See Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three and then see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next mutation live action, uh, you can do turtles very wrong, but it doesn't matter because they just come back stronger. Ninja Turtles the 2000 three had one of the best scenes in it. Okay, hooky. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. Like the sumo wrestlers are like, no, they weren't sumo wrestlers. They were like the, the samurai. It's the samurai. And Casey Jones teaches them how to play hockey. And as they go to play hockey, they just break into a fight. It's a cinematic gold. Go Sabres. The, 2000, the 2012 um, Nickelodeon animated series is actually the best Ninja Turtles. Is that the one that has, like, Sean Astin as, like, Leonardo? It's or, Raf- or, no, he's or, Raphael. Okay. Uh, I haven't yes. watched that, but I've heard it's really good. It's phenomenal. It is. It takes everything that we loved about the the, the original cartoon it makes it better. It makes it make more sense. And 
absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've become a huge. I always was a Ninja Turtle fan, but with my son, I've become a huge Ninja Turtle fan. Watch these cartoons. Read the comic books. Um, I'm super excited about um, Jason Aaron's retelling of Ninja Turtles when that comes out. I don't remember when that comes out, but I think when that comes out, we are reading all four of those for for the look back that month. Like it, yeah. it has to happen. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtles and uh, the Power Rangers book is awesome. It's great. Uh, so yeah, it's they are not only are they culturally relevant, they've never gone away. Every generation from our generation up has had some type of Ninja Turtle in their life. If it is that awful live action thing. If it is the cartoons, it's a cartoon movie. I mean, we did. If it's the live action stage show where they came out and performed coming out of our show. Uh, I have I have the cassette tape that I got from uh, uh, back in the day. I have it. I've listened to it. Coming out of our shells is an amazing song. So good. Uh, but they have been they have always been relevant. Every generation has their. Uh, Ninja Turtles. And the great thing about putting a Ninja Turtle on my Mount Rushmore of superheroes is it could be any one of them. So you, as a fan, would you approach that overlook and you can get to look at all of uh, these card faces? You can be like, oh, it's Raphael. Oh, that's all. Because it's literally just going to be that 1980s, like, blank turtle with a mask on, and they were all drawn the same way. It didn't matter who was who. I that was the hook of West I, Ronin, too, where it's like you didn't know who it was because it's like, oh, it's Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that when I was talking about um, Flaming Carrot, that Caitlin bought me the Ninja Turtles Flaming Carrot team-up book for a Valentine's Day gift, and they all had the same mascot. And Grayson was like, which one is this? I'm like, uh, I think that's Raphael, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure mm. who it is. Was he cool but rude? You know what? He wasn't. Maybe it was Donatello. Oh, was it? Did was he, 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 was doing, he was doing machines. He could have been doing machines. As Chris makes hump motions. <laughs> Anyways, listener. <laughs> what is on your superhero Mount Rushmore? What are those like go-to characters, franchises, licenses? Chris, can that... I? Hey. Favorite characters. Oh, if I had to do football, that was my list. Uh, if I had to do my just my favorites, it would probably be Kyle Rayner, Tim Drake. Oh gosh, is this gonna just be all like Bat Family characters? Then? Yeah. No, you got Kyle Rayner. He's not Bat. I mean, but he's got a crab face. Uh, but then I I think I have to do like Dick Grayson, Nightwing, and then it's it's so stupid, but Jean Paul Valley, Azrael, like. I don't know. I see Azrael on a, a comic book cover, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to buy this damn thing. Like, I I, I don't know. That's just again shooting from the hip. Like, if you put a character, oh, but now I'm thinking Marvel. Like, I still have my X Men characters that I love, like Gambit, Rogue, Nightcrawler. Like, there's so many great characters, but I don't know. I Are you at my 
that, you that's might have to break like it a, up to do DC and Marvel. That's such an ancillary know? book. Like I have crimson statues on my shelf. Like I have Echimus and uh, Joe sitting there next to my crimson trades. But that's just like that's like a not the comic book company, but that's just like a dark horse book for me that nobody else is like aware of. It's like it's my little secret. Like I, 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 you shared it with me. I good. love it. I know, but then like. Over on my, my shelf right I here. Whenever I see um, uh, uh, Ramirez, yeah. Whenever I see his art, I'm like, oh. I know. I, I love that book, but man, there's so many great comics out there, and like, I don't know. Again, shooting from the hip, like I just listed off the bat stuff because I'm a bigger DC comics fan than Marvel or indie stuff, and like, and that's why I was like, oh, but I have my my X Men guys that I go to too, like. It, it's too difficult. But how how badass would it be? You walk you walk up to a carved mountain, and then there's just like this dude in a hood with like a flaming sword sticking out. You would have to draw that. <laughs> and how many people would be like, okay, well I, I see Rob in there. I don't know those other two guys. Who's that guy in the hood with the sword? Uh, why does he have so many Florida leaves on him? <laughs> I just see all all the people like on their retirement like RV trips like crowding around the plaque to be like the voice of vengeance. What programmed by a system? He's a clone with gorilla DNA. Sweetie, we we got we got to read this book. <laughs> Uh, all the Florida Lees would, though, would drive all the RVs crazy because that's not America. Not America. Unless you're driving through Louisiana. I mean, that's fine. That's that, that's part of America. And hey, America. <laughs> it is part of America. 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 This is you. <laughs> like and review us. Email us. com. Comment on any of the social media posts with your personal uh, comic book. Mount and we'll be back John. next week with our. Uh, no, we won't. John. I'm, I'm fired. John. 